Today on Locked On Red Wings, Detroit's point streak extends to six games, beating the spiraling Kings and the Leafs over the weekend. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're so back, Scotty. We are so back. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, a and a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Scotty, uh, hell of a weekend, man. If you're a hell of a week, if you are a Detroit sports or Michigan sports fan in general. Yeah, man, this is uh, – I saw – I forget who tweeted it, I, I so I can't give credit, but probably pretty easy to find. Uh, somebody was like – you know, Lions won, Red Wings won, Pistons didn't play. Great weekend <laughs> for Detroit sports. And uh, that is kind of just the uh, the epitome of the weekend, man. Just uh, what a blast. What an absolute well, blast. What a what a fantastic Sunday night for everybody. I, I mean, just the entire week as a whole, if you're a Red Wings or if you're a Michigan fan, rather, and I know you, Scotty, are winning the national championships, a big deal. And then for the Red Wings to extend their point streak to six, and then the Lions to not only win the division, but win a playoff game for the first time in my lifetime. Yeah, I'm 28, just turned 28. First time I've ever seen them win a playoff game. So it's crazy, man. That's it. Really is. It's uh, it's wild. It's, was, it's absolutely wild. Being downtown for it was uh, was very very cool. I was definitely feeling it on Sunday night. That is that is for sure. Um. I'm drinking coffee. We're recording this at 1.20 in the afternoon. I'm drinking coffee right now. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, let's get into it. We have some news and notes. First and foremost, we won't belabor it too much because we have two games to break down. Uh, but the Red Wings recalled Brogan Rafferty before the Maple Leafs game, I believe it was. It's hard to keep track of the, the timeline, but I think it was yeah, before. Yeah, I the, think it was before the Leafs. It might have been before the Kings. Either way, it doesn't matter. Brogan Rafferty, uh, like basically a career AHLer. Uh, he's played with the San Diego Goals, and then last year the Coachella Valley Firebirds. He had 51 points in 72 games uh, in the AHL with the Firebirds last season. He's a right shot defenseman. He's got 13 and 33 so far. The Griffins definitely was a surprise call up, considering that the reason they called them up because Jake Wolman is ill and did not play. I think both these games he did not play either after playing the game against Edmonton on Thursday, but. Woman's a left-handed defenseman, so it's weird they called up a right-handed defenseman to replace him, but I guess the feeling is is they already have six other defensemen, and so Rafferty's just uh, in case of emergency def- defender rather than play Simon Edmondson, I guess. That's my logic for yeah. the situation. No, that's uh, that. I think you're spot on there. I think this is a um, – I, like, I don't expect him to play, and I think that they were – Leaning toward having, a, like you said, an, an in-case-of-emergency 7th D-man. Because it's only temporary, right? You're going to call up you know, Edmondson for, right, for like two games and then send him back down or whatever. Like, I think this is probably the path of least resistance for everybody. So Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, 
the Red Wings signed a three-year extension with the Toledo Walleye to remain affiliates with one yeah. another, which is nice to see. Another just keep sending our young guys, young, young guys there if they need it, like Sebastian Costa last year. Uh, no no real notes on that. Just just letting you guys know that that affiliation has been extended. No, cool, though. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's that's I think a win win for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Cream uh, Costin activated off of IR as a huge win for Red Wings fans because they need their uh, their their soft hands enforcer. I guess we can call him My our dog. soft hands enforcer. Uh, Scotty's dog is back. Did not play against the uh, Leafs though, however, uh, but he is activated off of IR. And then finally, Patrick Kane left a minute into the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs after taking a nasty spill into the boards. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported that it's likely not the hip, which is good news, but will hopefully whatever this is, is like, uh, was a precautionary thing just given his history. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's obviously great. Assuming it's not the hip. That's fantastic news, but uh, still was not a, a pretty sight and still mm-hmm. a little worrisome for sure. The, you know, they, I think they, the wings just called it lower body because it's oh. the wings. So <laughs> uh, they're going to be as vague as possible. But, yeah, a lot of people saying it's a, it's a leg or a knee or something. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, definitely, obviously, the, the win. We'll, we'll take the win, and, uh, and everyone should be really pumped about it. But definitely kind of a, a, a little bit of a downer on that game, just mm-hmm. uh, given how good he's been. Yep. Uh, so let's get right into it then, Scotty. Let's talk about these games. Let's, let's start off with, uh, you know, sequentially we'll begin with the LA Kings. That's the first game that happened on the weekend took place in Saturday on Saturday at LCA. And the, we talked about the Kings were kind of spiraling. I think they had lost like seven straight. One of those losses was to the wings in LA. And this was a really good opportunity for the Red Wings to extend their point streak. At that point was just a four game point streak and help them climb back into the plot playoff race. And I thought they took care of business very nicely against the LA Kings with one, one area of complaint, but we'll get to that. But I thought overall, this was a really good game by the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I mean, I think both of them were. Uh, I, this is a uh, a huge weekend, huge weekend, right? Like we talked about going on on the West Coast, and you leave there with six, and then you come back home and you play. And we're talking about how much of a gauntlet you have. We're talking about how difficult the second half of January is schedule wise and to get off to to this start in that kind of second half push but again like you go back to the to the west coast trip and um you're you're obviously really pumped about taking six of six points there too man so yeah this is this is incredible like this is exactly what this team needed we talked about it whenever that episode was a few weeks ago now where you know we said if they just get hot just for a little bit, you know, we're not asking for anything crazy. If they just get a little hot and uh, can go on a little bit of a run for a couple of weeks, they're going to catapult themselves right back in to the thick of things here. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah. well, obviously, we've we've talked about the things that have gone right uh, to, to get us into this position. And we'll obviously break down these games and whatnot. But yeah, man, just a, a really, really awesome weekend against, uh, even though the Kings are are plummeting and like you said, spiraling. Still good team. Pretty, pretty good teams. Uh, and you, uh, you, you looked pretty darn good in both of them. 
Yeah, I mean, this this weekend was really huge, too, because, again, now your point streak's gone from four before the weekend to six after the weekend. You've taken 11 of a possible 12 points to start January after an abysmal December that saw you fall from a divisional stand, divisional spot out to outside the playoffs. Now you've got yourself back into that first wild card, just one point behind Toronto for third in the division. The caveat to that, not to pour cold water on everyone, Red Wings have more games played than everybody besides the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have 44 games. So by points percentage, you're still sitting on the outside of the wild card, but they've given themselves the chance. You know, they put destiny back in their own hands by winning these games, getting these points. They're right back in the thick of things. Everything is right out in front of them for the taking yet again, where before they had lost so much, they were back out of it. And like you said, Scotty, I mean, I think we talked about it too right before we before this stretch, I think coming off of the games in LA, we talked about it. You know, if the Red Wings wanted to be in the playoffs, you got to beat good teams. And so this was going to be a good testing ground for them. And they've done so uh, through these last three games. Obviously they lost to Edmonton in overtime and they were lucky to get a point in that game, but sometimes that, that takes part of it too, you know? So the, the Kings game in general, I thought Dylan Larkin just went on just captain mode, full on captain mode that game. Obviously he scored two, uh, that first goal he scored was just, it was beautiful. That snipe from the goal line, which he has made almost a, I wouldn't say he's made a career out of it, but he's done that so many times throughout his career, including his first ever NHL career goal was against the Maple Leafs from the goal line, just like that. And he did it against the Kings, but David Perron did all the work on that goal. David Perron for checking really hard in the offensive zone, picked the pocket of the Los Angeles Kings defender, and then just passed it to Dylan Larkin, who was cycling down low, who just took the shot, and just such a clean shot. I No one can make that shot. I, I know God knows I couldn't. The, he went <laughs> clean over the shoulder, top cheddar, right behind the post, opposite corner. Yeah. That's it's a, it's a crazy angle. It's a really crazy angle. And then the second goal was just uh, kind of, Going to work, dirty, grimy goal in front of the net off a rebound. So. Five on three power play. Uh, yeah. It was really nice setup. Shane Gosses bear finds Patrick Kane down low. Uh, Patrick Kane just throws it at the net, and Larkin buries the rebound just as they draw it up, baby. Just sometimes, and that's the thing too is that doesn't get kind of enough attention brought to it. Is the amount of players in the NHL who are smart enough that if they don't see a direct pass they use the goalie as their rebounder and it worked mm-hmm. to a T in that instance. I, cause I find it hard to believe Patrick Kane thought he was scoring from that angle. Then again, Dylan Larkin did it earlier in the game on the other side of the net. So who knows really at this point, but uh, it was, it was, yeah, we'll, we'll break it down more in segment two, but a great weekend to be a Detroit sports fan to be sure. Uh, so stay tuned to segment two of lockdown Red Wings. <clears throat> The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet uh, with things like the same game parlays, and you can find bets in the new Explore tab and make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find the popular parlays, and even more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We're just talking about the Red Wings' great game against the LA Kings with one caveat, and we'll get to that. But we're still singing their praises right now. Just, yeah, we talked about Dylan Larkin with the goal, including the goal. 
against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. I think he brings his season totals up to 38 points in 37 games played. So he is a point above a point a point above a point per game on the season so far. And I think he's been so kind of underrated for the Detroit Red Wings because there's been so much focus on guys like Debrinkit and Kane and even like guys like Lucas Raymond this season because they added so much depth that for once the attention and focal point of the scoring narrative isn't all on Dylan Larkin, that he's kind of been flying under the radar. It's like, newsflash, he's still the best player on the team. He's still the all-around best player on this hockey team. And three goals in two days, and he's right back in the thick of things, above a point per game. And if he can just stay healthy, assuming nobody takes any more cheap shots at him, like, again, you're looking at another situation where he could possibly set a new career high in points. If he can stay healthy, that's the big if. So Dylan Larkin's been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you said, kind of went captain mode there over uh, over the whole weekend, to be honest. So You know who else was fantastic in the last three games? Who we may have did a whole episode about on Monday? Yeah, dude. I, I, I poked fun at ourselves and, and quote-tweeted something on the Lockdown Red Wings account. And, uh, I think I said, like, of course or naturally or something. But, yeah, man, Andrew Kopp, pretty much ever since exactly – uh, dating back to the episode we had last week, early last week, where we uh, we talked about how he had been struggling and kind of like what had been going on and is it fixable type of thing. He has scored what three goals in three games. So, yep. Uh, yeah, he's been uh, he's been great. Honestly, they've been moving him around and trying to find like a good combination for that bottom six. And he has, I, I know that he's gotten a couple reps at fourth line, but he's still like playing with the third line some nights, et cetera. But uh, they have found a personnel group that uh, has really been producing a lot, honestly, uh, the third and fourth line really lately, uh, kind of the bottom six as a whole has been producing a lot over the last week or so. So um, hopefully that's a sign of, you know, things to come and maybe some sustainability there. Yeah, absolutely. He's been he's been really good. And I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. Probably is just a coincidence, although I'd love to take credit for sparking a fire in him. I, I highly doubt we had anything to do with it. Uh, but him scoring three goals, I mean, it does a lot to, to obviously a hot streak's a hot streak. You want to see him to be able to do it consistently, but you know, it does do a lot to kind of silence some criticism. And he's scored three goals in three big games. Obviously, the overtime loss to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean Edmonton is the second hottest team in the NHL. It's a big deal to score a goal against them. And then this game, this game was just kind of a redirection. Um, not really sure if it was intentional or not, but it's still right place, right time to get the redirection to bury the puck uh, from the shot. It was a shot from the point by, let me double check on that. Who got the assist? Not that it matters that, too much. Uh, Jeff Petrie, who got the assist on oh, that Oh, yeah. Took the shot. It went off Christian Fisher, then off Andrew Kopp on its way into the back of the net to give the Red Wings a 5-1 lead. Really, honestly, really put that game out of the reach of the LA Kings, uh, even though they did surge in the third period to make it a close game. Uh, and then, of course, Toronto Maple Leafs game. The game winner with a minute left, minute 20 left in the game. I thought, oh, man, the Red Wings are going to go to overtime. You know, I'll be happy they got an extra point, but I wish they could have won in regulation. And then, boom, Andrew Kopp scores uh, with a after after. A, Back-to-back phenomenal saves by Elia Samsonov, too. Robbing, mm-hmm. was it JT Comfer or Christian Fisher down low? I, Fisher I was one of them, yeah. Was, yeah, it was Fisher down low. And Andrew Kopp 
seals the deal. I mean, he's been on a tear lately and you know, it makes us look like asses, but it's one of those things where you're okay with it because if he's scoring goals, it's only a good thing for the Detroit Red Wings. And I'll be more, I'll, you said it before the show, Scotty, we will gladly talk crap about any player ever. If it means that they go on a tear after we do so. Yeah. I I just, I've said this very publicly for a very long time is like, I, I have, like I've been wrong plenty. I'll be wrong plenty more. Um, and if me being wrong is, I, I would 10 times out of 10 love to be wrong about something that benefits the team I'm rooting for. Like I, I don't, I'm not that prideful of a person. Like right. I, I don't think that highly of my opinion. Like I, I would much rather be wrong and have it uh, benefit the Detroit Red Wings than vice versa. So um yeah just very very funny timing really at the end of the day more than anything um but he's been great man he's been uh he's been really good he's been the biggest thing is he has been more aggressive offensively which is again what we've kind of just been looking and waiting for for the last year and a half so yeah uh going back to the la kings game also uh the one my big caveat that I kept hinting at was the Kings went three for three on the power play. Yeah. And the Red Wings had not given up a power power play goal in like 10 straight games. And then they gave up three straight. It was they were due. Like it was it was gonna happen eventually. I didn't think it would happen three times, but that's what well, no, you part. thought they were gonna go the rest of the year without giving Yeah, okay. Them. I totally meant that intentionally or seriously rather. The Kings played very hard in the third period. They had their third period push. Uh, they dominated the third period, including those two power play goals to make it a five to three game. But the Red Wings held on in, you know, this is a year where blown leads and comeback le- games are huge. They're, they're, they're highest number in the NHL. And I think like 20 years about the number of comeback games, the Red Wings are not alone in blowing leads and third period comebacks. So, which kind of helps like ease the mind a little bit. Cause it feels like the Red Wings always do it, but they're actually not in the top five in blown leads in the league. Uh, they are top five in comeback wins, I believe, which is really cool. But the Kings surged and the Wings did just enough to keep that game. And they played it really well. And I think in the first two periods, they were the better team. In fact, they had a 59% and 52% share of the expected goals in the first two periods. They were just outplaying the LA Kings and they were dominating them in the faceoff circle too. And I thought defensively, they were playing really well. And I'll... Dude, I thought Jeff Petrie and Ben, ben Sherratt had a good game defensively, too. I thought Petrie had a good weekend. Yeah. I, I thought Petrie was good against L.A., too. But, um, he, uh, I, I mean, gen, there was three or four plays. My roommate and I looked at each other and we were like, that was uh, <laughs> that was Jeff Petrie that uh, just did that. And he was really cycling well offensively, too. Got a few shots on. Obviously, the cop redirect, like you said. I mean, yeah, man, he uh, thought he had a really solid weekend as a whole. Just real quick, show you the heat map for the LA Kings game. Just show you how good of a game the Wings played in that game. Look how Which, well the Red Wings I, I kept think the shots in, the outside. Yeah, I think this is important to bring up after, you know, the 50-shot performance against the Oilers to go out and have the Kings heat map look like that. And then uh, the, Red Wings. the Leafs, I think they gave up 30, uh, right? Reimer went 28 for 30. So um, I, I think that that's pretty two decent defensive performances followed up by the 50 and even we, I mean we already broke down the Oilers game we're gonna have to retread that but I mean even that game wasn't 
maybe as bad as it looked just on pure quantity. So yeah, like I, I thought this was a uh, this was a really solid weekend in that regard too. Really, just like all around, man. Like I, uh, a lot of stuff went right for the Wings this weekend. I mean, just the fact, and you look at their offensive shots too. Look out, all three of their. Uh, three of their four even strength goals came from right down in high danger areas. That means they're doing something right, getting that puck to high danger areas yeah. and finishing the job. So uh, there, there's so much to talk about. We're not going to have enough time to talk about everything, unfortunately, because there's two games. Uh, the one last thing I'll say before we get into a, a break and then just fully dive into the Maple Leafs. I know we've kind of jumped back and forth a little bit because it's so hard not to when players play back-to-back good games. You kind of can't talk about one without the other. But uh, Alex Lyon, was good again for the Detroit Red Wings. I thought he gave up a leaky goal on their second power play goal the, in the third, the first power play goal in this third period, but the second overall, I thought was a very leaky shot uh, that he should have saved. But outside of that, I mean, not what a 917 save percentage yet again. And it's kind of crazy that a 917 save percentage brings his overall save percentage down on the season. That's how good he's been that a 917 game brings his season percentage down. <laughs> It's crazy impressive, man. He's uh, he's a dog. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll move on to talking about strictly the Maple Leafs game, uh, what we have left to talk about it, at least. Uh, so stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Scott, let me ask you a question. You tired of trying to buy tickets? Yeah. Oh, just in yeah. General? Or you're just tired in general? <laughs> you're just tired in general. That's fair. That was a crazy, it was a crazy Sunday night. The crazy night. Are you yeah. I am, I am to tired of that too, though. Yeah. Buying tickets and then just having the fees just crazy. And the next thing you know, you got nothing left in your wallet. I know, Scotty, for you personally, there was very little in the wallet to begin with. And so now you're broke. But if you had used game time, you still would have a little bit of cheddar left in there. So you because- know that this is a hypothetical because I already do exclusively use game time because it saves me money. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you all should be using game time because it would save you some money. Keep a little bit extra padding in that wallet because they do not have all those annoying service fees that so many other ticket services use. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting the great deal before you check out and you can buy those tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has ticket deals on uh, right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. With Zone Deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Again, terms apply, and you create that account and redeem code Locked On. For $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Had trouble finding the button there for <laughs> segment three, locked on Red Wings podcast. All right. We've kind of jumped back and forth because, like I said in segment two, with, with some players performing very well across the weekend, it's hard not to talk about their performances in a whole as a whole. Uh, but how about that game against the Leafs too, Scotty? I mean, the Red Wings were not at the arena until 6.15 for a 7.30 puck drop. And they came out and they played a really damn good game and won in regulation over the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I 
obviously the Lions game was going on at the same time. And I'm hanging out with my buddy. We're watching, but we're dual screening it. I'm watching the Wings game. He's watching the Lions. I'm watching the Lions too, but obviously I have the job to do here. So I'm watching the Lions or Red Wings as that game's going on. I'm screaming in his ear when Andrew Kopp scores in the third period. And the reaction on the bench and the reaction, I don't know if you listen to the post game uh, press conference, but you can, the boys in the locker room were going wild. Like, and uh, Dylan Larkin and James Reimer especially talked about it. This game meant so much for the Detroit Red Wings because it proved how close-knit the group is. And it, it just was a super validating feeling to know that you can get to an arena at 6-15 against one of the toughest teams in the NHL to play against in one of the toughest arenas to play and beat them 4-2 to two in regulation to close the divisional gap. Now just one point separating the two teams in the divisional race. I mean, what a... What a game for the Detroit Red Wings. I know the analytics will say the Leafs were the better team throughout every single period, but watching the game, it felt like that team was on the ball. It felt like a close back-and-forth hockey game the entire time, and the Red Wings pulled out the victory. I was just – I was on cloud nine last night. Yeah, man. I uh, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because – that that was very much my experience too. We had a big watch party uh, and and with you know a bunch of people over, and uh, it's just so funny. Everyone's watching the Lions game, and I, <laughs> you know, watching the Wings on my laptop while the Lions are on, and just some freaking out over the Detroit Red Wings, which no one else in the room is necessarily pressed about. Um, but uh, but yeah, really, really electric ending. Awesome, just like you said, kind of a. a I don't know if I want to call it like a statement game because I don't think it's like a league wide. Like I don't think other players are like, wow, like what a big win for the Red Wings. You know what I mean? But I do think that it meant something to like to your point to the locker room. I think it meant a lot to the players and the coaching staff. And um, yeah, man, just like that, that would have been a game where if they lost, we would have come on here and been like, you know what? They've been playing really well lately. They've gotten a lot of points lately. They, they've been uh, on a heater. This like, was uh, a back-to-back, second leg of a back-to-back on the road. You got to the stadium yeah. 45 minutes before a puck drop, and it's against a team that's much better than you on paper. How mad? And Reimer was in net. Like, how mad can we really be? And we're not having that conversation. Even all of those things happened, and yet we're talking about a victory, and that's absolutely effing awesome. Yeah, I mean – you mentioned James Reimer, right? And credit to James Reimer and Justin Hall too, because Justin Hall all throughout this season has been, I'll be completely honest, pretty lackluster. Uh, I have not been very impressed with Justin Hall's performance. There's a reason why more times than not, he's the healthy scratch for the Detroit Red Wings going into a game. Um, but this game, he came out, he had a very good game. He was third on the team, really second on the team. You can't count Patrick Kane. He only played a minute before leaving with an injury. He was second on the team in expected goals for percentage. He had an expected goals for percentage of 68% and 38% relative. So the team produced 38% more expected goals than the uh, when he was on the ice than when he was off the ice. That's how, like, revenge games are a real thing. And also... Credit to Derek Lalone for playing his cards perfectly right with the goaltending situation, too. There was a big question, right? Like, do you play your hot goaltender in Alex Lyon at home where, you know, he'll have the home crowd behind him and you can almost, it gives you a better chance 
of you know rising the tide and making sure the Red Wings get that lead and extend their winning streak? Or do you play him against the division rival on the road because you know he's your better goalie right now? And he rolled the dice and he said, I'm going to play James Reimer, the goaltender who played a long time in Toronto, for a long time got a lot of flack as a Maple Leaf because of the fans and the media and hope that they, he comes out with a hot game. I don't know if that was the logic. I'm just in, inferring that that was part of the decision-making. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what I would think. And he played absolutely phenomenal, just like Justin Hole did. I mean, if like what a 930 save percentage against a very talented uh Toronto Maple Leafs team, just an, a really impressive performance out of a guy who has not had a lot of impressive performances this year. Yeah, man, nine thirty-three. I think by the uh, was the was the exact one by the end. Twenty-eight for thirty. I said earlier. I think, um, yeah, he he was solid. And look, like we've like you said, we've obviously talked a lot about the goaltending situation and and Lions rise through. And this doesn't change anything big picture. But I mean, golly, if if it isn't somewhat. Nice to just see someone not named Lion put go out there and and put up a solid performance and just it's it's a nice reminder that it it can be done. Obviously, it was a, a pretty solid defensive effort, which we talked about already. But I, I just I'm 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 glad that uh, really that 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 somebody not named Alex Lyon went out there and we're talking about it in a good light because uh, it, it just has felt like the last month that's been few and far between. So. Um, Look, if you want to have sustained success in the NHL, you either need a goalie that is going to play pretty much every night and is really good, or you need a solid tandem. And the Wings went into the year with three goalies. We thought that they might have had the ability to have a solid tandem, but we also kind of gave it a pretty low floor as well. And we've seen some of the low floorness at times, right? We've seen right. we've seen some shaky, uh, you know, just situation. Uh, in between the pipes so far at points this year, but now with the ascension of Lion and um, uh, it's just, it would be really, really nice for either of, of the other two guys, obviously Huso when he's healthy again and or Reimer to just kind of put a little of the pressure off of him and not just look at it in terms of like, all right, well, if Lion's not out there, we're probably not winning tonight. And games like this, again, given the situation and given the opponent, give you a little bit more confidence for the next time Reimer goes out there. Absolutely. Also want to mention the depth scoring and we already mentioned, you know, Andrew Kopp has had three yeah. goals in three games, but the depth scoring overall, that fourth line that Joe Valeno centers also coming up big with scoring. Fabry had a goal against the Kings. Daniel Sprong had the breakaway goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Daniel Sprong's been such a good value signing. You know, we've said that before and he's so good in the niche role. They use him down there in the bottom six. But then that chemistry he's found with Robbie Fabry, with whoever is centering them, has been yeah. just really, really. They bring a big offensive punch to the, the bottom six that makes other teams think. Because a lot of times, and teams like Toronto Maple Leafs are a perfect example. They're so top-heavy that when they do put their lower lines out there, because they don't have the money to sign depth scoring, you don't really have to worry about it all. You should always worry about it, but you know what I mean? To the extent, whereas with the Red Wings, where they're not super top-heavy, they don't have that elite score in Austin Matthews, they're four lines deep. They have guys who can score 15 to 20 goals all throughout the lineup, and that is huge when they're playing super well, and that fourth line in both these games played super well. Obviously, Cop on the third line had two goals in two games, and then three goals in three games now for him, really. 
And then Sprong and Fabry back-to-back nights, big-time goals for the Detroit Red Wings. Sprong ties the game back up again on the breakaway, and then Robbie Fabry extends the lead on the rebound off of Sprong's shot in the game against LA Kings. It's just been, they've been really good, and I wanted to give them them a shout-out because the team as a whole this weekend played fantastic. I mean, you can talk about the defense against the Toronto Maple Leafs, too. They held them to 30 shots, which doesn't sound like, you know, 30 shots is still a lot, but this is a Toronto Maple Leafs team that scores a lot of freaking goals, and they did a good job of shutting them down. I love Daniel Sprong. Yeah. Is my answer to that. I mean, shoot, man. Just a really good weekend. Uh, Mort Sider in the first period. The penalty kill against the Maple Leafs, they had to, they had to stop so many penalty kills early on in this game because they kept making mistakes, and they did every single time. And then Mort Sider was making big plays. Ben Sherratt was making big-time blocks. Like, this was just such a good weekend of complete hockey from the Detroit Red Wings. Like, I feel like we saw ceiling worthy hockey out of the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, they could have blown out the Maple Leafs. They just kept missing on their opportunities early in the game. Like so many great opportunities they kept the whiffing on. So I'm just, I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm enjoying the high six game point streak in the playoffs. As of right now, we ball. We absolutely do. We really do. Yeah. This is uh culture victory. This, that- uh, this weekend. I know you kind of say that half joking, but I think there is a huge part of that. I mean, you look at how the team celebrated on the bench and in the locker room after the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that's the kind of victory that makes a team believe in what they got. That makes a team that, that, I mean, saw how Christian Fisher was just riling the guys up on the bench after Lucas Raymond's empty net goal. I mean, this is the type of game that really does imbue in a team the belief that they can do it it imbues in the in the team the culture that they're building and the style of hockey that they're building i don't want to make too much out of it right because it is just ultimately one game but to say that wasn't a big win for a team that wasn't even at the rink until 6 15 it would be would be downplaying it so yeah i i'm on cloud nine the team's on cloud nine Keep the momentum rolling and keep the team building and the culture building rolling because well, this team is above 500. In it's the middle of January now. This team is so much better than when we first started doing this podcast. Yeah, oh, significantly. Yeah, and, and the biggest thing again is like this is the time to get hot. Like this is right again. This is a gauntlet. You have an absolute gauntlet the rest of January, man. Like you you have a extremely difficult schedule the rest of the month. Um so like if there was ever a time to be punching above your weight and and uh taking it to teams that are, you know, better than you on paper, that you're underdogs against, etc. It is right now. I'm pumped. Yes, we are all pumped. Scott, do you have any final thoughts on these games? I thought we did a pretty good job hitting all the bullet points. Yeah, no, I think we did. Um, I don't think so, man. Go Wings, go Lions, we ball, baby. Absolutely. We'll be back with a new episode on, I guess, Wednesday, right? Because we're recording this Monday afternoon. Wednesday, they don't have a game until Wednesday night. So we'll do a pre, we'll record tomorrow for a preview. Word. But obviously, because we're recording this on Monday, normally we record a day before. So no Tuesday episode. So yeah, stay tuned for a Wednesday episode. Oh, okay. You got it makes sense to you? Because if it doesn't yeah, make sense yeah, to you, I, I, was, I didn't I didn't know if we were releasing this like Monday afternoon or Tuesday. Oh yeah, I'll just post it immediately. Sure. Cool. Okay. Yeah, we ball, baby. We ball. Same time, same place, your team every day, every except day. for tomorrow. 